Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Jay Moyes of High Octane Heart Media and PR. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0 at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. That's right. Now when you refer buyers or sellers to us at Adult Site Broker, you'll receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer a successful gay site that has increased revenues and profits year over year for a decade. The site has 835 active members. The best part about the site is that it basically runs itself. The director producer is happy to continue handling all the content production, editing, and updates. All you have to do is to continue to take care of payroll, and you'll make your complete return on your investment safely and quickly. The content is hardcore gay porn with a strategic focus on a few niches which have been fine-tuned for over 10 years into dependable, underserved markets. All of the content is exclusive. With an influx of cash and a dedicated team to help grow the brand, there's a lot of opportunity. Some of the content is on DVD and VOD, but there's a huge opportunity to increase VOD revenue streams. Best of all, if the buyer doesn't change anything, it'll continue and make a significant profit. Only $440,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is J.E. Moyes of High Octane Heart Media and PR. Jay, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to finally have you. Jay, besides his PR company, is also an artist specializing in fetish artwork. He's been a professional in the adult industry since the 1990s, beginning in San Francisco and then moving to Los Angeles forever. Why? I don't know. Anyway, in 1999, uh, AVN brought in Jay to work in the art and archives department, where he would eventually become production manager before moving on. Jay partnered with Sherry Ziegelmeyer, I hope I'm saying that right, to create Black and Blue Media, a publicity firm catering to adult businesses. And the pair did publicity for SLLAB, Michael Nin, and Platinum, uh, Platinum Blue Productions. Ziegelmeyer passed away, sadly, from cancer in 2020, leaving Jay to close the firm and begin high-octane heart media. They specialize in working with small adult business. Current clients include the Dungeon Store, 
who you've heard on Adult Side Broker Talk, a curated collection of high-end BDSM gear, Slub USA, who you've also heard on Adult Side Broker Talk, I think I see a trend here, quite possibly the world's most powerful sex toy, and kinky franchises of Mr. Cyan, like Sanctuary LAX and DomCon. So Jay, in two minutes or less, who the heck are you? Well, I'm a kinky artist who just happens to make a living an adult, mm-hmm. mainly running a publicity business. Right. I've done odd jobs, uh, worked for uh, a dungeon, fantasy makers up in the Bay Area, QSM, uh, that was a BDSM bookstore. Mm. Uh, I worked for The Spectator. I worked uh, oh, when wow. I came down here to the LA. Spectator. I, was, I haven't heard yeah, of that name Captain Lane. in 30, 40 years. Oh, that was so much fun. Are they gone now? They are. They are. Uh, Cat and Lane tried selling the company and somebody did buy it. But unfortunately, the timing on it just wasn't right. It just, <laughs> that was like right. Because the, the thing is, classifieds were what kept a, a mag like that in business. Yeah. And Craigslist, between Craigslist and porn on the internet. Yeah. That just pretty much dried up everything. Yeah. And they, the thing is, is that when you run a news rack like that, mm. you, you can't really give it away. I mean, yeah. your classifieds are really your profit. Yeah. But in terms of what they were doing, that little like 75 cents that you put in the box, mm-hmm. that's actually what, what kept them in the black. Ah. And with that gone, you know, they they tried like they tried going online and a few things. Well, they Lane and Cat tried that. They found someone to take the reins and mm-hmm. inject new blood, but they just um, they tried keeping going for a little while and it just petered out. Oh, that's a shame. Well, please yeah. can please continue. So you were at the Spectator, and then and I moved down to L.A. I did some other stuff down here. I was an extra uh, for some vivid video movies. Ah. And my, yep, I, 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 I've been in some pornos ah, um, excellent. and my big break came was AVN. I wound up spending mm-hmm. six years in the AVN art department. I like to call it my bachelor's degree uh, <laughs> in porn. Yeah. Uh, learned a lot. And then Eddie Van Halen was dipping his toe into porn mm-hmm. and he recruited me to work for his new porn company. It was called Slab. Oh, wow. uh, S, yeah, balls fell backwards. He liked to do that. He'd take, you know, you know, he had another one. Oh God, I can't. Yes, up, yes, up, which is pussy spelled backwards. <laughs> and um, uh, had some fun there. And uh, with Sherry, yeah, our clients included Michael Nin, Sky Blue of Platinum Blue Productions, mm-hmm. and so I've been around. You have indeed. What was it like working with uh, Eddie Van Halen? The one thing I'll admit right away, it sounds great to say, mm-hmm. but it, you know, I is, oh, you could write a book on that. No, actually, <laughs> it was great. It was inspiring. It was mind blowing, mm-hmm. uh, panic inducing. <laughs> um, I bet. But the, to be completely candid, it wasn't the best time. And okay. part of it was, he was dipping his toe into porn and he really didn't know what he was getting into. Sure. We could do like an entire show on that. And Mm -hmm. be honest, that's probably something that should be 
my part in that chapter is actually very, very, very small. Okay. I did artwork for Slab. Mm -hmm. I was a production manager, production assistant. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what we called the title. It was basically, Jay, I want you to come work for me. We'll set up something through my business manager. And and so I worked with some, you know, I worked with a number of his people. Mm -hmm. And to end that chapter, so to speak, what eventually happened was he would talk about this network that he wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And he wanted this roster of, but he always fixated on Michael Nin. Sure. And so one best, right? Yeah. And he would call me like at like three in the morning. Hey, Hey, <laughs> you, you wake, we got to talk. And this was <laughs> not one of the, not one of his high points. Uh, um, things got better later. In my opinion, Janie was one of the best things that ever happened to him. Mm -hmm. His wife who yeah. he met, she was, she was Michael Nin's publicist. Uh -huh. And so what happened was, I'm like, look, you just really want Michael Nin to make movies for you, don't you? That's really it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm like, you know, honestly, we should have just gotten down to brass tacks about that to begin with. And yeah. I called uh, David over at Red Light Pictures. Nin had been selling through Red Light. They were the official uh, distributor. Mm -hmm. I'm like, David, I know this is going to sound crazy. Eddie Van Halen wants to speak with Michael Nin. This is not a joke. Let me give you, <laughs> let me give you Eddie Van Halen's cell phone number. Please have Michael Nin call, call Ed. And he did. And he's, he thought mm -hmm. it was funny. He was like, actually I live nearby Alex. <laughs> uh, Alex is one of my neighbors. And it's like, yeah, mm. I'll give him the number. Sure. <laughs> and, what wound up happening was Eddie, yeah, Eddie met Michael and uh, he did Sacred Sin and he kind of had a realization that he he wanted to get out. You know, he did it. He hit the high water mark with Sacred Sin. Mm -hmm. That was good enough. And they kind of backdoored him out of the adult business. And Janie went with him. Oh, and they... Honestly, um, I told him outright because Janie was a stunt woman. Hmm. Uh, I knew her as a stunt woman when she worked for Metro and she worked for some other porn company because she had been a publicist. I was working at AVN in the art department long mm -hmm. ago. But the thing is, is, you know, she also had been a professional stunt woman. And uh, I, I joked with Eddie. I'm like, you know, if you think you can like if, if you think you can like roughhouse her or such, uh, you're going to need Alex. And a few other guys. <laughs> funny, funny. And a, a, as funny as it was, she whooped his ass into shape. Uh, he Good. he cleaned up. He cut his hair. He got a whole bunch of other things done, and he moved forward. And I think that was. I think things would have been sadly different if it wasn't for her. Yeah, it was quite a chore getting you on the podcast. Why is that? I'm glad you asked. When, I'm glad. I'm glad you're glad. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Uh, when a publicist is getting more attention than the client, that is a red flag. Yeah, you um, alluded to that. My my clients, the Dungeon Store and Slub, came first. Yeah, we'll work on getting some people from Mistress Cyan Circle on the show soon, but the clients have to come first. I can wait, and Agreed. yeah, and also. With Sherry's passing, 
she was on point. We kept certain things separate. Yeah. So when I started going through Sherry's stuff, I realized uh, I had to shut this stuff down and and yeah. start to rebuild. And this was stri- like stripping a car down to the bare frame. It mm-hmm. wasn't the intended metaphor for high-octane heart. It was amazing how coincidences like that happen. I wasn't going to be pushing my business if I couldn't even race in the game. It's like there were yeah. there were some moments where I'm like, you know, why would I go on the air if I'm not really all that? And so mm-hmm. I had, I did have self-doubt, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know. You shouldn't. I, you're damn good. <laughs> thank you. Thank I, you. I try. I, I've recommended you, so. <laughs> You're very good at what you're very good at what you do. Talk about the old days at AVN. Boy, AVN's undergone a lot of changes, changes in ownership, changes in personnel. Um, talk about the old days with AVN. Uh, old school porn PR was about like, well, in sorry, I'm thinking adult, adult and PR. Um, but the old school adult industry. That was obviously more VHS, DVD. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people are old school salespeople in that it's a Rolodex and a telephone. And it's, yeah. you know, hey, um, I, I got a new title out for you. Um, you know, how many units can I sell you? Mm-hmm. And so like uh, old school PR you know, it was like sending out some sales kits, maybe a press release, maybe set up some interviews. The way it is now, it's like you're no longer dealing with as much in print. Mm-hmm. Visual visual media is still much is still very very important, right? Uh, but you tend to like have to wear a lot more hats now. It's true. Uh, so the old days, it was like it was it was good enough to have like um, okay, there's a few people you've got a you've got your main salesperson, you sell the videos, you collect on the videos, uh, you've got a couple people in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Now you've got these huge content companies. I mean, we would we thought that Wicked and Vivid were monsters. We think of Hustler. As mm-hmm. this monster, this giant, right? And I mean, the camming companies and the content, uh, the um, I I don't even know, you know, um, fan sites, clip sites, exactly the yeah. premium social media, yeah. like OnlyFans. Yeah, you know, this stuff is those are monsters because big money. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like you're thinking in terms of in terms of porn, you were thinking about like thousands and maybe a million or two Mm -hmm. because of the internet of things in the world Mm -hmm. you really are talking about millions of people oh yeah influence everything that's going on Well, yeah when you hear about creators making 40 50 million dollars um you don't have to use your imagination too much and do some multiplication to realize that it's a ton of money and it's scary because this also yep. means a lot of infrastructure. This means, whereas like AV, we had we had stalkers and such at AVN. You know, we'd get weird letters. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, 
I, my desk at AVN was, that was where the receptionist threw the phone calls. She didn't know what to deal with. <laughs> like, I, I literally had a guy, I've wondered if this was someone calling from a radio station as a joke. <laughs> he was trying to sell his video, and he wanted to sell and become a porn star. And all it was was him having sex with a blow-up doll. Oh, jeez. And he hey, thought he was going you know, to make a but you, but you know what? What's funny about that is there's 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 so many niches. I'm sure there would there are people who would buy that. Well, in those, you know, maybe one or two. Like maybe he could walk into a a video store and go, "Hey, hey, would you sell my video?" Yeah. But like, I mean, the well, let's face it. That's now he could be on ten different platforms. Yeah. Um, and he could be very disgruntled if it wasn't doing anything. And then basically like pounding on the door with like a hundred other people on these platforms going, why aren't you doing more for me? Why are these other people placing more than I am? Yeah. Um, cause people like their the, shit, dumb, <laughs> dumb shit. <laughs> or his fan or the fans can do rabid and weird things too. And it's like, uh -huh. that's what's blowing my mind. It's like, I see some of this stuff over in the big picture and I'm like, this is, this, this can be really, really intimidating. It's like, whereas before it's like, you know, if somebody paid me enough, I'd put the name of the client on the side of my car. <laughs> you know, it's like, you pay me enough. My next cat is named after your product. There you go. And now it's like some of these, it's like, you know, what I, you know, my initial thought was, yeah, you know, we'll blow it up this set and the other. There's others. It's like, it's really clear. It's like, I don't know who's going to show up on my doorstep hmm. with, with this client or that client. Yeah. And they've made that clear to me too. It's like, you know, it's the, you know, it's like, no, this is for your own good. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. What do you actually do as a publicist in the adult industry? The main thing I do is I write and send out press releases. I coordinate that with social media. So when the mm -hmm. press release goes out, I try to make sure in some way or form that we are, the press release goes out. It places on a website. That website gets acknowledged on social media. Mm -hmm. And the idea is from there, that sends love back to the platforms, the sure. the AVNs, the Xbizes, but also the other, mm -hmm. you know, the others aside from the big three, AVN, Xbiz, and why not? Right. And then we try and keep a, as much momentum as possible mm -hmm. to where as, not only do the regular public kind of keep an eye on this and see this going, but also the mainstream one of the things that I get asked is, well, how do I get into mainstream? And part of it is if you've got enough money, you can place it. You might actually, let me rephrase it. If you've got a lot of money, you might be able to place in mainstream. You still have to be aware of when you, because there are wire services that will allow you to send out to something to mainstream, but it's no guarantee that a reporter is going to see that and pick it up. That's true. Um, that's the ideal. The ideal the ideal is you get the attention of someone from like Rolling Stone, CBS, mainstream big and small, the radio, you know, um try to think of the uh try to think of the uh news stations up in San Francisco back in the day. Okay, oh, CBS. KB yes, exactly. <laughs> my friend, uh, my friend I think is still Stan Bunger, I think is still the Morning Drive uh news host there. 
Oh, wow. Oh, we went to college together at SF State. I'm not sure if Stan didn't retire. I don't recall. But he, last time I heard, had been the anchor there forever. Um, he, he took a little bit of a break and went to Dallas for some strange reason and then came back. So, In fact, funny story, I was sitting in with him in Dallas because I was down there for a football game and I was sitting in the studio with him the day that the Lorena and John Bobbitt decision came down from the court on what to charge her with. Oh my God. <laughs> there oh wasn't God. a dry eye in the place. <laughs> that was the oh same. That was the same day that Jimmy Johnson predicted a victory against the 49ers. And unfortunately, he was so right. But anyway, continue. What do you to continue with what you do? So that is that is part of the Holy Grail is mm-hmm. to to get that placed in in so it, to get that placed by the mainstream, mm-hmm. keep the awareness out, build the brand. Sure. And so the thing is, is like, and this is where some of the nuances come in of like, okay, so if you are going to send out through a wire service, it has to be very carefully worded. Mm -hmm. You usually have to keep it much shorter. You have to be aware that your press release is probably not going to get published, especially not by the people you're, you want it to go to. Mm -hmm. In that case, the release is very specifically to have that reporter, writer, blogger, producer, mm-hmm. very important. You know, a lot of people think that the news anchors are the ones that do, or the ones that are in charge. It's like Hardly. You know, your producer, director. Yes. So you want those people to, you know, those are the ones that are going to make the call and go, hey, get this person in the studio, get this mm-hmm. person on the phone, get this sure. person an email, go interview, and so there's differences in how you write the press releases. Hmm. Um, with the adult press, they're usually publishing your press release. Right. Uh, back again to history and such, we can thank Kevin Moore for that because he started a thing called stunningcurves.com back in the uh, early aughts. Hmm. And all he did was he would just copy and paste press releases. Hmm. And so, and other people followed suit. It was a lot, you know, okay, the press release came in, copy, paste, done. <laughs> well, then you've got to change how that press release is done. Yeah. Because, you know, it, typically old school pr- p- press releases, your press release could be one sentence long or two sentences long. Right. As long as it had a hook. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, shoot, how do I flesh this out? We'll see how so, we'll see how you like my press release when I do the one for uh, this podcast. <laughs> okay, I've got my own style, but I I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so how is PR different from actual marketing in your view? Marketing for starters is a really really broad term. I mean, right. you know, it's like there are all sorts of people like I'm in marketing, 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 marketing. Oh Don't even tell me because, you know, I have the, a marketing company, too. So, you know, I know yeah. I, I know the answer, but I want to hear your I want to hear your take on it, which I'm sure is the same as mine. Well, typically it's sales. A lot and, of times. And and advertising. Right. And pu- publicists should be working in conjunction with that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's exclusively multi-level marketing. Hmm. You know, there's there's things like commissions involved. It's it, marketing's usually very very focused on return on investment. Right. Publicity, you're really looking more at eyes and building brands. 
there's more mojo and hoodoo in magic in terms of what publicity does mm. and one does not translate necessarily like a good publicity campaign we have to be careful because it doesn't necessarily translate into dollars yeah that's true that's a really hard thing to gauge well no but, the idea the idea of a publicity campaign generally is to generate eyes to get to get people to see it and build your brand well, yeah, of course, of course. You know the way I the way I look at marketing and PR. I look at marketing. First of all, marketing is not sales, and and it never was, and it never never will be. Um, marketing supports sales. Marketing causes sales. Basically, causes leads that get turned into sales. And PR is simply a part of an overall marketing plan. And PR and social media should not be. Your, your entire marketing plan, your marketing plan should be multifaceted and include many aspects. Although in some cases, PR and social media can be a damn large chunk of it. Well, also, um, and they, in terms of marketing and sales, you know, they need to play together with the publicist. The publicist should at least acknowledge and be aware of what marketing is doing and be yeah. able to act on the team. What marketing is doing also, or what mar- marketing is doing or what sales is doing? Uh, well, in this case, what marketing is doing more okay. specifically, the advertising okay. departments and right. their marketing strategy. Okay. And the, there's, there's something that I need to bring up here too, is that there's a thing out there where some publications are paid to play. Yes. So if you want Forbes, to be published. Forbes says that a lot. Uh, I believe it. Juxtapose yeah. Magazine, mm. uh, LA Weekly, Village Voice. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. really, really want to get their attention. Same owner, yeah. You you go in through the sales. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and that's, that can be that. a little... Yeah. yeah. You can't assume that the sales department is going to jerk on editorials chain and go, hey, you got to cover this. But... <laughs> no. Uh, Gurdjieff had a, a saying in in in... If you don't grease the wheels, the cart won't go. So true. And so back to radio, uh, I had a thing where we reached out to, for DomCon, New Orleans, Mr. Cyan, mm-hmm. we reached out to the radio stations in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a complete shot in the dark. <laughs> I am reaching out to basically anyone who will listen. And the Alt 92.3 in new orleans someone in there like in the sales department picked up that 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 little press release with a hey i know this is not what you're you know you're thinking but we wanted to keep you in the loop as to this is what's going on and they laughed their fucking ass off Hmm. and they went you've got to show this to thomas Hmm. give the Go over there and give this. You've got to. Ed Thomas calls me, which is and who? he's he was one of their sales guys, oh, and okay. he's act, he was actually semi-retired at this point. Mm-hmm. And he would do things like he would like fill in on segments, help out. You know, he would be on the air sometimes, okay. uh, providing color commentary, this, that, and the other. And he sees that, and he's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're good. Oh yeah," and he just like. He's like, give me the freaking phone, give me the phone. <laughs> and so we, it, we worked out, you know, it's like, look, we're low budget. We don't have a lot to spend. Right. And he's like, I can guarantee you this, that, and the other. And yeah. 
what I did was instead of just going, hey, we want to buy some advertising, they were like, we can set you up with we can set you up with X amount of ad space for here. I'm right. go, that sounds great. What I want, uh, yes, let's do that. I want to get the dominatrixes in the studio, love it on the air, even if it's like Saturday night or Friday night, even if yeah. it even if it's a recording. Yeah. We were on at least three nights. That's awesome. Like I mean, and and things are a little different in radio than they used to be. But um, <laughs> we we weren't there. I'll, I'll put it this way: we weren't there for the entire eight hours of shift. But boy, howdy, we got that covered. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Being, in radio, being in radio, I can imagine it. And for everyone who uh, wonders about radio and the old TV show WKRP, it ain't that different. At least it wasn't in those days. So what has been the big game changer in the industry since you left AVN? DVD is out. Novelty and online platforms are in. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be ready for that to change. Mm. Uh, there's a lot more work to do in social media um it's very very time consuming posting following up sharing the graphics are a little easier these days because most stuff is Mm web-based but high definition is pushing that like it used to be like with avn you could get away with like okay 640 by 480 and now they're sizing up to like I'm trying to remember the size of their graphic, but it's something like 1080 mm. and that fits in conjunction. You know, we, we, you know, people, Oh, 1080, that's, that's high definition. And it's like, mm. yeah, but when you're working in print and you were working in 300 DPI and it's like, yeah, now we're going over people's heads here. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking about high res, you were talking about files that were like, you needed to do, you needed like um, you 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 needed high speed internet for that, or you needed to burn sure. that to a CD, right. or put it on a. I mean, I remember it's like okay, we'll send well, you a for, jump drive, well, but you have print, to send it. Yeah, back. I mean, print it has to be a lot higher quality. Yeah, but the they are starting to edge up because the resolutions are getting better, the cell phones are getting clearer. Sure, speeds um, are going up. Yeah, speeds are going up. I've got gig. Um, I've got I got gig internet here in Thailand. So, and so the, the the big one of the things is you have to be ready to learn new tech mm-hmm. and new media. Sure. Um, I do graphics because uh, I I started from the art side. I started from the art department side, but I've also had to on the fly, you know, do some video editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done coding. We've been waiting for three D to catch fire. Uh, mm-hmm. Three, you know, but virtual has come in. Oculus is a thing. You know, it's just a matter of when that becomes the only thing, or it's just a matter of time of how that gets integrated as the media in terms of right. like, okay, Grandpa, here's your headset. Like, I wanted to watch TV. <laughs> we don't have a TV anymore, Dad. This is. Yeah. I have trouble believing that's going to happen anytime in the in the near future. However, but. Uh... Hey, you never know. We also didn't imagine we'd have these computers in our these high speed, uh, high speed and high quality computers in our hands either. So who the hell knows, right? And I, I had a th- like for years, people would see me drawing, and they would go, "You know, you're 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 
you're obsolete. You're you're done. You're toast. You know, you you you're you know, it's it's all digital, it's all graph. And they were telling me this in like '94. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, they're not gonna replace what I do for artwork until I have a tablet in my hand with a stylus that I can mm-hmm. do this right mm-hmm. here and now. And and that time is now. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so course. and and I've I've now got my little iPhone. Um, I haven't got an iPad yet, but I'm oh, wow. you know, that's on my mind for you sure. know, like that's the next step. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm like I've I'm still I'm I'm surrounded by electronics. Just well, old. Tell and me new. about it. Yeah, tell yeah. me about it. Me too. Oh God, me too. In fact, my new Mac's arriving today. Hopefully, not during this interview. So, what are the what are the differences working with porn companies and cam companies? Camming is much more corporate, from what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy over at Roger Views had a major camming client, and oh, they Roger wouldn't Views, let him yeah. work. Yeah, he's yeah, uh, they, yeah he's been on our he's been on our podcast a couple times as, or once and and soon to be again actually. Yeah, Raj is great. Yes, um, he is. And he was ready to send out press releases. He's like, I'm ready to go. I've got this. I've got. And they were like, No, we'll let you know when we want you to send out something. You know, don't call us. We'll call you. Mm-hmm. And that's not how publicists work. When you're the publicist, you're always hustling for the client. It's not a don't sure. call us you'll call you kind of game and yeah discretion is much more important because of just how many masses amount of people are involved uh anyone working behind like if somebody's saying that they work behind the scenes they can become a target because it's like hey can you get me unbanned hey can you get me free this Hey, can you do this? Uh, you know, can I do? Th- and it's like when I was at AVN, it was like, Hey, can you get me into the AVN awards? It's like, no, not really, not unless you're my date. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like that wasn't that many people. It's like there's so many people involved in camming, and there's so many people involved in premium social media. Yep. Um, when I worked at AVN, it was kind of a big deal that we were like, I think we had like kissed 100 people, but not, I don't think we had actually reached that number, Mm -hmm. uh, just working there in the office. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I never actually get to see how big the iceberg is on some of those companies. Like, Hmm. like, you know, we, you know, it's very easy to think of like only fans as like two or three guys, Hmm. but there's usually more corporate structure behind that in terms of oh, tech. Massive, massive. Yeah. Just development. legal. Just legal. Le- le- a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, and that's it's a behemoth. Let's face it. I mean, and, I know, and by the I way, happen to know one of the owners, but anyway. Yeah. And by the way, this is one of the, when, when someone goes, you know, oh my gosh, YouTube screwed me or, oh my gosh, Twitter screwed me. There's some, there's some Instagram fucked me. There's some <laughs> pissy. I bet there's some pissy guy in customer service that has it out for, no. No, it's AI. <laughs> it's the lawyers. It's well, the it's lawyers. AI, and then it's AI. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah uh, this, well, the software kicks it off. Yeah. But the the lawyers are the ones that look at that and go, you know, they're the and and give the final say so. Sure. And there's 
you know, with YouTube, we're kind of lucky that they've got that strike system set up. But even then, it's kind of like, well, why? Why did this happen? Because there was a lawyer some somewhere that said, "Are you willing, in a court of law, to say that you allowed this, that, yeah. or the other?" Exactly. And it's like, it, and it just becomes no question at that point. You know, we might see something as kind of. <laughs> you know, really gray. What's the big deal? It's like, mm-hmm. look, no, we, we can have our servers. Oh yeah. And this is international. Right. So it's like, you know, like with what's going on in Russia, it's like, yeah, dude, we, we can have, you know, if it's serious enough, we, oh shoot. You, uh, I remember when there were web guys getting arrested in Costa Rica. Oh yeah. Cause they were like, uh huh. You know, we're, we're in Costa Rica. The United States can't touch us extradition. Good luck. And it's like, it's like, yeah, but you guys are basically there on a handshake yep. and the state department pulled strings. Hey, and the, the long arm of the U S never underestimate that. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned in this business? I would say the biggest lesson I've learned would be turn um, turn your weaknesses into challenges. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in my 20s, it was a lot more about looking at your weak, you know, where are my weaknesses? Where are my strengths? Let's put the weaknesses aside. Let's focus on our strengths. And as I've gotten older, that has... Um, that's very seriously changed. I've realized my shortcomings are challenges that I have to address in order to get ahead. Sherry right. did not want to do novelty. She didn't want to do pleasure products. She was laser focused on video mm-hmm. and that was so dead. Uh, yeah. We were lucky to get the clients we got after Ninworks and after the stock market crash. But uh, old school porn sales moved on to pleasure products. Mm-hmm. So when when we when I had to close the doors for Black and Blue Media, and I was starting High Octane, I was approached by Anne over at the Dungeon Store, and mm-hmm. I had done a little bit of novelty publicity, but I I welcomed them because sure. I was not going to move forward until I took on that challenge and learned. That's good. I fa- yeah, I, I failed. <laughs> I've changed strategies, failed again. I've had some victories. I've had some more victories. And we keep changing until we keep winning. And and then we keep keep, keep changing and winning some more. Always have so, to be willing to change. Yeah. And they, Anne and Brittany, they have been so patient in yeah, that Brittany, regard. Brittany was awesome. Yeah. And I love them for it. Well, I really enjoyed having her on. So is publicity something I can do myself or is it better to hire a professional? And along with that, how can I justify the expense? Well, you, you have. And I even, do, oh, you mean, can someone out there actually do their someone own publicity? Out there, yes, I do. Yeah. I actually do have some expertise being a marketing consultant, but and, and- the, the people out there, should, can they do it themselves or should they hire someone? I know I know what my answer would be, but I want yours. The short terms, yes. And writing a press release is actually pretty basic. It's, mm-hmm. it's high school level. Uh, high school journalism at the most. Mm-hmm. The harder part is 
getting the releases placed yes. and getting to know the press. So, I mean, like if you could, if it, you, you're essentially, especially with porn publicity, you're writing, uh, you're writing like a one page article. Yeah. It's a matter of getting to know the press, getting to know who the contacts are. Mm -hmm. This is very, very much about the relationships. And there's a lot of people. Yeah. I've never even met in person that I am very cordial with. Oh, because yeah, otherwise they've become I, friends. I, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you know, otherwise, like, like you, I might not like get you and me, because we've yeah. we've connected and we've become friends, and we've never met. Yeah, uh, it's also very time consuming. Yeah, uh, this is something that, on some scale, you might be able to delegate in a business, but you have to ask yourself: Is it cheaper to have a full time employee do this? Is it cheaper for me to do this, or can I have someone else handle it for less? And, and so. Yes. Yes. The, the benefit to, you know, if you are, you know, if you're a single person with a single company and you can delegate the time and make yourself available, mm -hmm. they will love you for it because, um, it really helps when you're available. Yeah. You know, if there, this is how some people say, how the fuck does he keep getting on that show? How the <laughs> heck? Cause he, cause he can be there. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they start to realize, hey, well, Neil Tyson DeGrasse is, you know, he's like, you know, he, um, I, you know, he, he was like the guy, he was like the scientist who would be like, yes, I'm the guy that's there for you. Ask hmm. me your questions. I don't yeah. care how, he's like, I welcome your questions because it means I don't have to write grants today. <laughs> matter of factly would if would you like to write a grant for grant application for me i will gladly do your show yeah i love i love him on bill maher's show i haven't seen him for a while and i i'm sure we'll see him soon he's yeah. uh he's fantastic so what red flags should someone look for when screening a publicist placement uh, ask a publicist who their clients are. You don't have to ask them for references. Just go, okay, uh, who's your clients? Um, and do a Google search. Something should come up on the client. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Bruce, your press releases have placed in XBiz, AVN, and Why Not. Those targets aren't mandatory, mm -hmm. but it's a really good example that clients should come up somewhere in a search. Yep. Um, I, I, I've had one once or twice, like when I, when I meet somebody and it's like, okay, who's your publicist, uh, X, Y, Z. It's like, okay, let me, let me do a Google search on your, on your, on your company. And the mm -hmm. only press release that came up within a year of service was the press release that the company had hired on publicist. <laughs> That's hilarious. You don't want that to be the only thing they say. Oh you, no. You, yeah, hey, I got a question along with that. Would you think, and I, I guess I, uh, well, I know I have somebody in particular in mind, he, he, uh, we can talk about this off air, but do you think that it's a strength or a weakness for someone to have a huge roster of clients? As long as they're getting the love. The first complaint I'd hear from someone's publicist, uh, sorry, the first complaint I'd hear about someone's publicist mm -hmm. is they're not doing anything. Yeah. And once again, it's kind of back to the placements. Like Brian Gross has a team. Yes. 
you know, Brian's, I, it, Brian's I, awesome. And, and I, I mean, I, I'm, I, there was one point I'm like, dang, when does this guy sleep? <laughs> um, I, I like to think of this more as a boutique. Things are much, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I, I aimed for sustainability versus just, like, and my company is exactly the same way, Jay. Maybe that's one of the reasons we get along so good is that adult site broker, I consider to be a boutique. There you go. And it's very comfortable to have that. Yes. And so like, if, if there's a, if there's a high, high volume of clients and they're getting their needs met, they're getting their placements, that's okay. That's good. And, you know, there's, there's also been this thing of like, well, well, what happens if the publicist is moonlighting and are you getting your needs met? And if, you know, if the answer is yes, then, well, then that's fine. You know, is, is, is it, is, is, is their rate a good value? That's great. Uh, but the, yeah, the, the, one of the problems I'd run into back to the, the publicist, there was a guy who he was a publicist, but what he really wanted to do was direct. And I'm not kidding. That's, hmm. um, and he Lovely. was good at it. Yeah. He was good at it. But the problem would happen in that he was doing publicity for video companies mm. and, and these video companies would come back to him. And they're like, your movie came first. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, so the, so the, the, the client, the clients took second in terms of priority. Right. And that should never happen. Yeah. Especially given he was their competition. No, geez. That. They, that they, they was, never, well, the company should have never put themselves in that situation knowing that, that he was a competitor as far as I'm concerned. I think, I, I think that was a bad move on their part. So what are some things people should never do with the press? Uh, anything to set them off. Uh, <laughs> the first mistake I've seen executives make mm -hmm. are bullying the press mm -hmm. and, oh, I've got this. And it's like, you know, I'll, you know, you're, you know, the, Eddie, we have that problem with Eddie, hmm. um, in that, um, he was like, well, I'll tell AVN what to print and they'll, they'll have to pay me to be in their magazine. And I'm sure there <laughs> would have been one or two people that would have actually been fine with that. But yeah. the thing was, was that it was like, you know, it's like, no, I, I get to read the articles first and this, and it's like, the news does not work for you. And right. mainstream publicist, uh, uh, the, the mainstream reporters, yeah, the mainstream press, they know bullshit a mile away. <laughs> you know, you come in throwing your, if we come in throwing our weight around, try and bully the press, try and pull some of the alpha male moves, mm -hmm. they'll, they, it's like, you know, I, I actually, I've seen news people go, we're done. Yeah. What do you mean? We're, we're done. We're, that's it. You know, uh, had yep. enough. You're not getting and, published. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, in the middle of the, in the middle of the, like a live interview. Oh, and yeah. So it's like, be polite, say thank you. Yeah. If you, if you can, if you can budget some ad revenue, I mean, I've got, I've got several people, believe it or not on Patreon hmm. to where just, you know, the, just to, just as a way to say thank you, share the love. Hmm. And on the flip side, yeah. If you want writers to love you, and reporters to love you, be available. 
Um, yeah, sure. Brian is actually much better than that than, than I am. I'll admit that in a second. But the mm. that is part of what they want. That's part of what they love. Once you've established that relationship, make sure they have your mobile number. You know, yeah. it's like if they've called you and said, hey, we, you know, we'd like to have you on the show sometime or, hey, would you like to come? It's like, here's my number. If you need me, mm-hmm. I'll be right there. Sure. Um, and you and I have experienced this with people where they'll have trouble getting the time to do the interview. Yeah. You want the press to love your business? Go, hey, I can do this right now. Yeah. Just say the time. I'll make room. Yeah, I've got weird hours, so I understand that that sometimes it's a little difficult for people. I mean, one of your clients had a little bit of trouble with my schedule, and I decided I would just make it work because, you know, in the end, I need guests too, and I also wanted to make it good for you. So, Thank you. Thank you. Well, well, you're welcome. Look, this relationship is important to me. You bring me guests. You've now come on the podcast yourself, so it's... It's very important, and that's there's a value there. So it's very important that I keep you happy as well. I, so, yeah, it works both ways. It's all ways. about the love. It's all about the love. Well, Jay, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. The pleasure's all mine. My broker tip today is part one of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. First, make sure you're converting as much of your traffic as possible. Traffic is expensive. Whether it's search engine traffic, review site traffic, or affiliate traffic, you pay a lot for it. So make sure that when someone lands on your site, you give them every opportunity to either spend money or do whatever it is you want your visitors to do. In the case of a pay site, make sure your billing options allow as many people as possible to buy. Have multiple ways to pay. In North America, most everyone has a credit card. But in other parts of the world, credit cards aren't used nearly as much. In Europe, for instance, credit card usage is low. So look for billing options that will match the areas where your traffic comes from. In Europe, ACH and debit cards are used a lot. In Africa and other developing areas, many people pay by mobile. Do your homework and find out how people pay in the regions you get most of your traffic. It'll make you more money. The worst thing you can do is get a visitor, have them want to buy, but since you don't have their preferred way to pay, they can't. If you're looking for suggestions, feel free to get in touch with me via my website. Along with this is to improve your user experience. Make your site attractive and easy to navigate. People have more options than ever these days. I can't tell you how many sites I go to, even some that are owned by large companies, where the navigation isn't obvious to the user. You poke around the site for what seems like an eternity to do something that should be relatively easy. Keep it simple. Before you launch any changes to your site, ask your friends to go to the site and check it out. Unfortunately, designers and tech geeks don't think like us. You need real people to look at your site for you. The same kind of people who will be visiting your site. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with Roger T. Pipe of Rod Reviews. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Jay Moyes. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. 